in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to RodandGunsitDown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. As you know, Ron and I don't just do this podcast and own short-term rentals. Uh, we also have a real estate business. And here's the challenge right now. Uh, if you look at interest rates, if you look at the, the 30-year fixed what are we at? Maybe maybe eight, eight and a half percent right now. It's, 30- it's climbing, yeah. Yeah. It seems to climb each and every day. And as a result of that, it has people scared to death about going out and buying and selling a home. And, and can I jump in right there? This is the goal of the Fed. The Fed wanted to slow down housing. Yep. And so the Federal Reserve and Jerome Powell, who comes out once a month and he, he gives this speech and it sets the market crazy, like don't even look at your 401k on those days because it could go up 100 points, down 100 points. Like it, it's bizarre. Um, but their goal is all they can control is the federal interest rate. That's the only tool they have. And so their goal is to have low inflation and in pop and whatever the interest rate they need to put that at to get the inflation low is what they're going to do. Housing had accelerated so much when interest rates were virtually nothing, when the federal interest rate was at zero artificially because of the pandemic and some other politics that was going on in the previous administration. And so it took off and it was going like crazy. And one our Seattle market was one of those markets that the nation looked to and was like, what is going on up there? It is absolutely bonkers. So the Fed stepped in their stated goal. This is not a surprise. So I don't want people to get a sense of panic about this. They're trying to slow down housing. They are trying. They have stayed. Jerome Powell would tell you, yes, I want housing to be slower because what that means is that if we can get that under control, that inflation will drop. And so from the Fed's perspective, they want housing to slow down so that inflation slows down. They do not want a dozen eggs to cost $11. And so for middle America and blue collar America that maybe are renters and are serial renters, their pain was was connected to consumables, food, uh, rent, gas prices, insurance, going to the movies, whatever. Inflation was causing all this stuff to go up, buy clothing for their kids, school supplies. And, and so that was rising at such a clip that the federal government said, we have to cool this economy. We have to cool it down. And one of the sectors, there's only one sector. Housing is one sector in the economy. Their stated goal is we're going to keep raising interest rates until we can cool that market down. Yeah, and as a result of that, they were hoping that home prices would go down. But because of the scarcity, that hasn't happened. All the real estate that I've owned since this has been going on continues to go up. Why 
Why is that? Real estate prices have gone down in some sectors, but when, and this is where it gets confusing to people and we're going to bring our mortgage guy in here, Mitch, in a second. This is where it gets confusing to the marketplace where they'll hear Dave Ramsey or Ron and Don or Mitch.loans talk about, is this an environment to buy where people go, you guys are, are selling me a, a load of goods here. How could that be? That doesn't make sense. And we'll explain to you why it makes sense. But I want people to, I think there's a perception in the marketplace that this is bad and unintended. That, oh my God, someone made a mistake. Something is happening that is unintended. Uh, and that makes me feel scared. No, this is very intended. The interest rates rising to cool the housing market was planned. That's what the government wanted to do. Um, and so I just want that to throw it out there as a foundation, because if you go, oh, well, we meant to do that. OK, well, then where are we at now in terms of thinking about real estate? How should I think about real estate if I factor in that piece of information? This is not a mistake. It's not unintended. Um, this is planned. And so why is it planned? Hopefully I just explained that. And then how should I think about it as an individual consumer? Because I'm not an average. I don't live everywhere in the United States. I'm me. I have my job and my cash reserves and my family. And I live in a, a neighborhood and I have my goals and aspirations. How does that fit into this thing? Jerome Powell doesn't know you. He looks at numbers on a spreadsheet in marketplaces around America, and he tries to create a model that's going to work for the whole thing. He doesn't care about you, doesn't know about you, and and so he doesn't have a strategy for you. All he's trying to do is get interest rates down to 2% and then eventually bring or, or inflation. inflation down to 2% and then bring interest rates yeah. down to wherever they're going to here's, be. Here's, here's what you're going to see in 2024. And the executive branch is supposed to have nothing to do with interest rates and those decisions that Ron is talking about. Even though the former administration will give themselves all the credit for dropping those interest rates. When we get to 2024, whether there's the war in Ukraine is still raging, whatever happens in Israel, if World War III breaks out, then that'll be a little different, but I don't think it's going to. I will say this, though. When, when you have an incumbent president and interest rates are at 8.5%. And even though the price of maybe goods and services has slowed down, they're still high and they haven't gone down. They were hoping goods and services, the prices would go down. They haven't gone down. They've stabilized or they're, or, or, or they're still going up. They're just trying to slow that rate down. And here's the other thing. It will be impossible. We have an election coming up. It'll be impossible for the incumbent president to get elected if rates are still at 8.5%. Impossible. Just impossible. All those other things don't matter. If you go back to George Bush, and one of the reasons why the elder Bush couldn't get elected, because it was the economy and interest rates at the time. You go back and you look at any president where there's high interest rates, it is always the economy stupid. And if you're an incumbent president, even Jimmy Carter... There, there was no way for him to get reelected. And you can say it's for other reasons. It's really about that and people's financing and their pocketbook. And when they pull into the gas station and one day, I guess none of us will be pulling into the gas station. We'll be plugging in our car. So nonetheless, something is going to happen in the summer of 2024. It is. And I don't think they're going to start going up or continue to go up. 
I think we'll see them stabilize. And I think as we head toward the election, I think we'll see them come down. The, the former president is saying if he becomes president, that he will take interest rates back to the twos. I think it's impossible for him to do that. But I think he's still going to say it, and he's already saying that, and I think a lot of people will buy into it. I think if he gets reelected, I think it's going to be because of that. Nonetheless, whether it's the incumbent president and it goes back to six, or it's the former president and he really can drive it back to 2.8, I think there is going to be a correction. They just did a national survey with Americans. They said, is it a good good time to buy a house? Is it a good time to buy real estate? Only 16% of Americans responded and said 60 it's a good or 16? 16. 16%. 16% of those Americans responded and said it's a good time to buy a house. That, to me, is a lot better than if 100% of Americans were saying it's a good time to buy a house because, as all the great investors like Warren Buffett say, when people are running from something, that gets his attention, and a lot of times he runs to it. And when everyone's running to something... That gets his attention, and he gets the hell away from it. Mitch is here from Mitch.Loans. He's going to talk about some things that you could do now if you're a buyer. And I'm telling you, sellers, we have open houses, and we still have groups of 10, 20, and 30 people going through. It's different than when groups of 50, 60, and 70 people are going through. But if you're here in the region of the Pacific Northwest, we just sold in Burley, and we went over, which is Port Orchard. We just sold this year in Sammamish. We went $325,000 over, over in Newcastle. I'm sorry. Uh, We just sold uh, this year on Queen Anne, and we had tons of groups through, and we sold at value. And so we sold down in Tacoma for $125,000 over, and I think we sold that house in five days. Same with Burley in five days. So there are still people out there shopping. There's going to be more people even out there shopping if interest rates go down. So this is a good time. If you have the reserves, if you have a down payment set aside, this is a good time to try to figure out a way. How do I get into this market now before more people come? And I think we're going to see more people come in the summer of 2024, in the fall of 2023 to the spring of 2024. Think about buying maybe using one of these programs that Mitch is going to talk about. And then the cool thing is when the interest rates do come down, you already have the property and then you can convert to a newer program when that interest rate, let's say is at 5.5%. Mitch is here. Mitch, anything I've said or anything that Ron said that you would add to, or you'd argue with? No, I think you hit the nail on the head with the Warren Buffett quotes. I mean, as as we've always said, now is still a good time to buy. Housing is a great investment, and it has been for generational wealth for years in America. And it's just such a fabric of our society. That's a way that families build their nest egg and make money. But we're not pretending like it's a great interest rate right now. Like it's, it's hard. Why, why can't people, or why do you think people don't separate those two things? It can be a horrible interest rate or a high interest rate and still a good time to buy. People are connecting those. And you and I are saying those are not connected. 
they are not connected. The way they're connected in the housing market is there aren't as many people selling right now. And that we can truly point out and say that's the interest rate's fault, right? And that's because there are people who are in a home that's worth a million dollars, say, and they're locked in at a 3% rate. They know if they sell that home and try to buy a 1.5 million, do the normal America thing and try to, you know, upsize, that that actually is going to cost them 8%. And that's going to be just a huge monthly payment. And so that's a justifiable reason not to want to move. But that being said, if you don't own a house or you want to invest, you can still get deals out there. You can buy a home and it can still be a great value. So like, let's take an example, for instance, I saw a meme on this on one of my socials a while back. And it was a person that said, I pay $2,000 in rent. I could buy uh, something um, for $1,800 a month, but because I don't have the down payment and can't qualify for the loan, I'm going to have to be continue to be a renter. Something like that of saying that rents are high right now. And so someone could go, I, why am I paying $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 a month in rent? How come I can't be a buyer? Those are the people we're talking about. They're probably not going to get their dream house though, right? You're going to have to buy something to get in the market and now you're building the equity. I'm trying to tease out. I'm not telling you that these are great interest rates. Don't listen to this podcast and go, Ron's full of crap. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I get it. It's not a great interest rate compared to where we were three years ago. Still doesn't mean I shouldn't be looking to buy if I am able to buy. No, it doesn't. And you mentioned those people who don't have the nest egg to make a down payment, and they keep making more and more programs to help first-time homebuyers. There are 0% down payments. There, You can now buy up to four units with only 5% down on a conventional loan. So you can start getting in as an investor. If you live in one of those units, it's a primary residence. So you can buy a two-unit, three-unit, four-unit place and only put 5% down and you live in one of those houses, you get a home and you get instant rental income from and, your other and, units. And Don has talked about this where um, awesome. if you were in a fraternity, let's say, or you played on your college golf team and you know that you like these guys and you have a friend group that's in the same boat, you could say, hey, guys, let's pool our resources. And Don talked about a family that did this or a group that he did this in New York. They already knew they liked each other. They're in the same sort of social class. They're in sort of the same income bracket. They teamed up and said, let's buy a fourplex. We can, we know we like each other. We can share dinners once a week or whatever. And we're going to be in the game. Like those sort of things, people, I don't know why they never, never think of it, but you could do that. Yeah. No, I had friends who did that exact thing. They were actually already living together. And I kind of looked at them and said, what are you doing? You're all paying rent to some landlord. That's a hundred percent interest rate. That's not 8%. And so they grouped together and the three of them bought a three bedroom house and they could build the equity together. Eventually one of them made enough money to move out. He kept his share and started getting rent to help pay his portion. And it just, it makes sense to invest. Yeah. Make sure when you contact Mitch at Mitch Not Loans, he's with Homeseed. Let them know you're part of the Ron and Don Nation. A lot of our buyers and even some of our sellers have gotten in contact with him. Uh, and even if you just have a mortgage question, just reach out to him. Let's talk about a couple of programs that will allow you to buy a piece of real estate in the fall or even the spring uh, 2024. I would encourage people when you get pre-approved to really get pre-approved, go through the process turn in your 1099s or your W-2s, whatever that is, and then they have a file. And let's say you don't buy until four or five months from now. All they have to do is update that file. 
you will have, when the other side looks at you and let's say there's a number of people that wants to buy a property and they can see that you're already pre-underwritten, big banks won't do that. They won't pre-underwrite you. It costs too much money. Mitch will do that. Uh, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, they're not going to do that. They'll say, tell us about yourself. They'll give you a letter. You're not really pre-approved in the sense that you've been pre-underwritten. They'll do that at home seat and, and, and Mitch.loans couple programs here real quick that will allow people to tie down a piece of real estate. And as we always say, marry the property and then date the rate. Uh, three, two, one, buy down. What is, what, what, what is that? And, and, and how could that work for me? A three, two, one, buy down. Great question. So the three, two, one, buy down program is where you purchase a house. And as we've admitted, rates are high, right? Rates are high. And that means monthly payments are high. You get in a three, two, one, buy down program and you can have the seller prepay some of that interest and make that payment just a little more affordable in the short term. As you're moving, as you're furnishing your house, as you're you're getting everything ready there costs and we admit that what are but we the, talking are we talking 50 bucks a month or is it like 300 bucks we're a talking month? huge savings so if you're buying a million dollar home the three two one buy down let's say rates are at eight and a half percent let's say for you specifically as a buyer your rate would be eight and a half percent three two one buy down means for that first year your rates five and a half percent for that second year six and a half and then third year, seventh and a half, and then it goes to a normal rate. We're expecting that you'll be able to refi at some point out of that loan. And when you do refi, you get a refund for all of that prepaid interest. That's so on a not million dollar house, gone. 3%, your monthly payment is going down hundreds of dollars. Maybe it's going down thousands that first year. Okay. Yeah. So my monthly it's, payment could have been, let's just say five grand a month. It might be $2,000 less. Half. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So a big savings every single month. Huge savings. Yeah. yeah. So make sure when you reach out to Mitch, Mitch.loan, send him a note. Say you heard it on the Ron and Don podcast. You're part of the Ron and Don Nation. You want to know more about Home Seeds 321 Buy Down. Now let's talk about this. Uh, Ron and I have looked at buying a uh, property in the past, and it was a home uh, that we were going to set up as an Airbnb. And the challenge that we faced is they were looking at our W-2s or 1099s, whatever that is. And and sometimes the great thing about owning multifamily, like if you own an apartment building, you, you as the person buying that apartment building or if you're buying with investors, you don't qualify on the basis of how your small business is doing or your W-2 job. You qualify on how the apartment building is doing and rent rolls. So in other words, what the banking institution wants to see, if you have 24 units, uh, what is the deferred maintenance on this apartment building you want to buy, let's say, in, in Fremont? Uh, what ha- kind of income has those 24 doors produced over the last couple of years? What is some of the work that you need to do on the apron of the building? What is that going to cost? What does it cost when somebody breaks a lease and they leave and they're no longer there, let's say for six, 12 months, and you have to do some work on that unit, some capital improvements. So, so what they do when you're an investor on an apartment building like that is the banking institutions says, let's see how the apartment building is performing and then pro forma, how do we think this apartment building is going to perform in the next year, two years, three years, five years? And they create a loan based on the performance of the building. What's really cool, Mitch, is if people are out there now and there's so many homes out there, I think it's really cool to buy multifamily in the midst of single family homes. Like here on Queen Anne, there are a lot of homes that look like a single family home 
but they're in the midst of single family homes. And when you get inside, they're really a legal duplex. In fact, Ron and I just sold one of these at the top of Queen Anne with an investor couple uh, who said, yeah, we want to buy and we want to buy this legal duplex. There are even legal triplexes here on Queen Anne that look like single family homes. So it's not like an apartment building, apartment building, apartment building, and then a triplex or duplex that looks like a triplex or duplex. But as a result of that, sometimes when you try to buy that duplex or that triplex, it was based on your income. And you have a program where it's really based on the performance of the duplex and the triplex, right? That's right. We talk about how easy it is to qualify. But the truth is that you have to send us a lot of documentation. You have to be ready and all in. The beauty of this program is it's a cash flow program. So based on the ability of that house to perform as an investment property, you can qualify. You don't have to send your income documents, W-2s, any of that. You just show the house. It gets underwritten as a house. And if you have a down payment, you can qualify because that house is a good investment and it will cash flow you money. That's amazing. That's a game changer. And again, investors usually pay a little more in interest anyway on a lot of my real estate that I own. That is investment property. We're kind of used to that. And I never sit down with any of my partners and we never complain about the rate that we're paying. We just look at the appreciation that we get from the building, all the tax benefits that we get from owning these buildings. And then we also look at the fact that we have cash flow and lots of cash flow uh, year over year. So anyway, Mitch, the last thing I want to ask you about is we talked about the three, two, one buy down. We talked about buying an investment property on the basis of the way the property actually performs versus how I perform at my job. And that you guys, that is a game changer. Mitch.loans, find out more about that. Educate yourself. Even if you don't buy now, educate yourself about these programs. Because I guarantee you, when we head into this election year, interest rates are going to change, or this incumbent president can't get elected. And the president that, uh, the incoming president, the possibility is he's saying, hey, we're going to go back to the way it was. And, uh, and, and we'll see. Uh, but tell us about this is kind of cool. This is for all our sellers out there. And our buyers, this, this is a buyer benefit program, but it has to do with the, with, with the homes that Ron and Don are selling in our real estate business, right? That's right. You've probably heard us talk on the pod about the buyer benefit program. Really cool program allows buyers to save half a percent of the loan amount on closing costs. Say it's an $800,000 loan. You get $4,000 in credit to use however you want. Buy down the rate can even be tens of thousands later on in the loan. But what we're doing now is any loan, any house that Ron and Don's names are a part of, so any listing they do, if you want to sell a house with them, anyone who buys that house also is automatically part of the buyer benefit program if they use us at HomeSeed. So you can list your house and we'll advertise it as a buyer benefit house. And anyone who walks in will get live rates showing how much they can save just by buying with us. It's a great little marketing tool, makes it even better to sell with Ron and Don and their experts. So they'll sell your house right away. Yeah. Before you go, and I, and I remember I was always confused about this. What is the benefit of using someone like you that's kind of a mortgage lender versus picking up the phone and, and maybe I bank at a Wells Fargo, a big bank like Bank of America. What is your competitive advantage that these big banks don't have? 
That's a great question. And how we're advertising ourselves now is a loan advisor. And I think that's really the key is with high rates. It used to be when everyone had 3%, it didn't matter all that much who you used. The beauty of these high rates is a loan advisor. I can look at everything, every tool at our disposal, buy downs, whatever it is. And I will find the best way to qualify you for a home. As you mentioned, they won't qualify you early. I will. You come to me with a plan to buy in two years, and we'll make that plan together. We'll gather all your documents. We'll have you ready. If it turns out in six months you find something you're ready for, we'll have your file ready. We'll be able to get a good offer out that has you pre-approved and stamped with our home seed buyer benefit, and we're just, that's what we do. Yeah, and, and Ron, finally, you've seen this when, when deals come to us, and, and we're still in a market where we're seeing multiple deals on a home. Uh, it makes a difference if somebody has a letter that says that they're pre-approved or somebody has a letter that says they've been to someone like Mitch at Mitch.loans and they, they've done the work and they're actually underwritten. Even if there's a pre-approval from somewhere else and maybe they're offering more, we don't know if that person can actually close the loan because- I'll, I'll some, give you the perfect example. Yeah. We had a house for sale. We had multiple offers on that house. I called the lender on this offer mm -hmm. and I said, Hey, tell me about these people. And she said, who? And I was like, <laughs> it's, like it's, it's your client. And they said, wow. she said, how do you spell their name? Wow. And so I spelled the name. She's like, Oh yeah. I'm wow. Hold on a sec. And she didn't know who the client was. Mm. She says, who's the agent? And I said, the, I'm going to have to go back to my desk and find it. It was a bank. So she had a lot of files Yeah, uh, and she didn't know the agent, didn't know who the client was, uh, kind of got back to me when she got back to me. We did not choose that offer. Yeah. I, I went to our seller and I said, this, I'm not confident that this person's going to close. I don't know if this lender even knows who they are. They are, are not underwritten. Um, this does not give me confidence. Yeah. And so, and the offer was for a lot of money. In mm -hmm. fact, I think that offer was higher by a couple thousand dollars than the offer we ultimately took. But I was like, I can't in good conscience tell you to take this deal because the lending officer doesn't even know who they are. Yeah. And so Mitch is going to know who you are. Yeah. Cool thing is I went to a mortgage lender before I bought my first piece of real estate and I actually had them pull my credit score. I started to get underwritten. Some things came, one of the things that came up, we were in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and there was a, uh, my phone got disconnected because we were moving to New Orleans and there's a $92 bill I didn't know about. And the thing crushed my credit, this $92 bill that was floating out there. The bank helped me find it. He helped me put it. We, we went on the path of dealing with this $92 bill that I didn't know about. And then six months later, I was in a position where my credit score was great. And then I was able to turn around and buy a home. So those are the kind of things that Mitch can do for you too. That's why getting underwritten is important because as real estate agents, if we see somebody that's not underwritten uh, and we have somebody that is, as Ron said, even if it's for a lower number, if we can get on the phone and we can talk to the Mitch on the other side, we're, we're going to take that deal. And don't forget, real estate happens late at night. 
and real estate happens on the weekend, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, big banks like that, they don't answer the phones. So they're no help. Mitch will step out of a wedding on a Saturday, which he's done many times, uh, and he gets the deal done. So Mitch.loans, get underwritten, even if you're not buying a piece of real estate today, but you you know you're going to do this in the next year or two. Create a relationship with him. Understand about these buying programs. And if you're thinking about being an investor, understand these programs as well. All right. Mitch Loans at Home Seed. Thanks for being here, man. We appreciate you. Always a pleasure. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show, Real Estate Only. We do it every Friday. If you think this would be helpful to someone you know that's looking to buy, invest, sell, we are here for them. Ron and I do something uh, every week called a Ron and Don Sit Down. We sit down with our friends 30 to 45 minutes. It's a virtual sit down. We find out if we'll be very good partners. And if not, we'll find a partner for you. But a lot of times we become great partners. And don't forget, we're regional realtors. So it doesn't matter if you're up in Everett or down in Olympia. It doesn't matter if you have a farm or we just sold a nursery down in Burley. If you have a big house over in Bellevue or a house that we just sold over in Newcastle or right here on Queen Anne Mountain or Magnolia, we are regional realtors with a huge social media following, millions of people that listen to this podcast. And we have the leverage that big brokerage houses don't have and certainly other neighborhood realtors do not have. All right. You keep your head up and shoulders back when you need us. Just reach out. He's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill on social media. And also we're always at ronanddonsitdown.com. For Charlie the dog, Mitch is here, Ron and myself. Here comes my son to lock us out. And don't forget, you've been listening to the Ron and Don show only on the Ron and Don radio network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron Don Radio Network. 